This show's about finding and having real conversations with real people. These are people with real lives, real problems, and real hurdles that have chosen not to let those everyday obstacles that we all go through hinder their ability to see a better future for themselves. The guests on this show are not going to all be incredibly wealthy. They're not going to all have businesses or own one for that matter. But what they will have in common is this unique courage to make deliberate choices to do more. Do more for their families, do more for their friends, and most importantly, do more for their future. On this episode, I get to interview my man, John Lullen. He and I go way back because we actually worked at the same company he currently works at right now. This was a great podcast because I got a chance to talk to a minority of a minority, meaning that he is one of the few black people in his organization that is doing well and is in a management capacity. So we're going to talk about how he got to the point where he's at right now, his legacy he wants to leave behind, and some of the lessons he wants to leave to his son and future kids coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with John Lowen. John, my man, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good, Barry. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. We just got a new house. We no longer have a wall, so uh, we're doing some DIY stuff right now. So it's cool, man. But I um I appreciate you joining me for the podcast. It's long overdue. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that ask me about who you are, where you're from. So take some time out, introduce yourself to the people, where you're from, what you currently do for work, where you currently live at right now, and uh, things like that. Of course, man, of course. So uh, John Mullen again, um, originally from Tampa, Florida, currently living in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, joined the same company now for seven years as of two days ago. Oh, wow. Crazy to think about. Um, but I'm actually the manager of business operations um, for the Stanford, Connecticut branch of an organization by the name of Tech Systems, which is a technology and talent services company. Uh, been married almost six years uh, together with the same uh, woman, Randy, uh, for, like I said, almost 11 years. And we have soon to be a two-year-old by the name of Tristan, two-year-old boy, Tristan Blaze. Two years old. Is it Terrible Two's time or, or is he, you don't think he's going to get there Man. yet? Terrible two started like right after his first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's he wild. Is, uh, love him to death, but he is a wild child. That's crazy. Are you still uh, not eating meat? Yeah, man. Still vegetarian. <laughs> I have not had meat. <laughs> I haven't had meat since I think July third, twenty seventeen. Wow. If I correctly. That is wild. I. I <laughs> That's not the way to live, man. You're missing out on a Land-based lot. Land-based life. You got to try it. Nah, nah, nah. I did that one time before. Never going again. So don't worry about it. Well, cool. Man, I, I appreciate you, you letting the people know a little bit more about yourself. Before we get too far into the, the podcast, I'll be crazy not to talk about what's recently transpired over the last couple months and most specifically the last couple weeks. So I would love to get your take on um, your thoughts on George Floyd, um, the topic of diversity, um, racism, things of that nature, and how it's affected you in both your personal life but also your professional life. Yeah, I think, um, you know, personally and professionally, it, it might be the same, meaning, like, I don't know if I have different thoughts. It's, it's exhausting, right? Because, uh, you know, in the black 
something that we have known has been taking place. Um, when I say something, talking about the racial injustice, police brutality, um, discrimination, things of that nature, it's been happening. It's just unfortunate now that it's being broadcasted more so it appears new to some folks that aren't as educated. Um, but I think for me, it's exhausting um, hearing about it, uh, hopeful for change. But, you know, I've been very vulnerable recently uh, with my team at work, saying some things that, honestly, Barry, I never really said out loud, um, you know, just talking about what I've been through, hoping that uh, the folks that are not minorities on my team could borrow my eyes for maybe an hour or so and understand that when we see George Floyd, when we see Rashard Brooks, Breonna Taylor, we know that at, at any given moment, we hope this doesn't happen, but we know that could be Barrington Williamson, John Lawlin, right? So for me, it's frustration, anger, um, and really just hopeful for change, knowing that um, my son, uh, he's biracial, but he's half black, right? So he will be perceived as a black man um, since Randy is white. So hopeful for change for him, you know? Yeah. That, and that, that brings me to a couple of questions that I have for you, especially now that you have a soon-to-be two-year-old. What are some of the lessons or just golden gems or nice nuggets that you want to leave behind for him to get him educated on what may happen or what may not happen and some of the things and experiences that you've had? So I'll be vulnerable with you, Barry, and it's, it's things that I've been reflecting on recently as I've been sharing more of my past and, and story with the folks that I work with and things that I've been through. Um, you know, growing up, my mother, she was adamant about me never leaving the house with a do-rag on, mm. right? Me never leaving the house with a do-rag on and a hat on top of it. Me never leaving the house with um, my pants below my waist, right, sagging, um, as I was the quote-unquote style back in the day, right? We thought mm. we were cool. Um you know, me never running from a police officer. Um, hands on the dash. Talk them through what you're doing. Hey, I'm grabbing my license. I'm grabbing my registration. The keys are out of the ignition. They are on the dash. Um, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. Things of that nature, which is sad that we have to do all that. But I think those are things that, you know, we're taught growing up that help us not become a statistic. So, um, you know, I always knew those were things that I wanted to share with Kristen, um, those important takeaways. Um, I didn't get it growing up. Mm. I got it, right? But you know, I thought that was my mom being my mom, not my mom keeping me alive. Mm. So I think that's something that has come to the forefront. Um, that you know, myself and my wife Randy, we've been talking about. I'm making sure she's more educated, right, and that she knows that these are things that he has to learn early, at a very early age. Yeah. So I think that's something that's been top of mind for me, Barry. That's that's one that's that's awesome that you're gonna make sure that you instill that to him, but. It's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, why do you necessarily have the – why is that a lesson that needs to be learned? Like, it should be like, hey, a cop stops you. You do whatever you need to do, and then you get out of there. It shouldn't be – these are the things you need to do to make sure that you're not a statistic, which is, which is mind-boggling to me. And that brings me to my next question for you. Knowing who you are, um, because you and I work together and you become a, a good friend and a mentor to me, you've achieved a lot. And now the topic is systemic – racism and making it harder for a black person to succeed in, in life and with you specifically you've been able to i don't know be around the right people in the right time and do the things that you need to do to continue to excel in your career and now you're a manager of a, a particular office so what separated you from the 
I don't know, I guess everybody else who hasn't been able to succeed the way that you have in a in a white man's America, for the lack of a better term. Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this a little bit um, <laughs> before we even had this podcast, um, or before you asked me to join the podcast, I should say. And it, it starts back to things that you and I talked about years ago, um, my stint in network marketing, mm. right? Um, so when I was in network marketing, something that I was taught was you observe the masses and do the opposite mm-hmm. um, because most people will say they want to do something, but uh, they don't actually put their money where their mouth is, right? Like they don't actually go out and do it. There's no action behind those words. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that I was taught early in my 20s, right? So that's kind of stuck with me. Um, and I think where that applies to me being <clears throat> a minority in corporate America that is, um, I guess, doing things that most of us don't, right? I'm, I'm still young in my career, so you know I don't want that to come off as like I'm super accomplished, but there's not that many folks like myself um, in leadership in my organization. I think there might be five of us right now, um, us being uh, black men or women uh, that currently run an office. Um, so getting back to my point, Barry, about observing the masses and doing the opposite is uh, we, and when I say we, I'm talking about us, um, a lot of uh, black people that I know, we're taught when you grow up um, and your parents are teaching you about being successful in corporate America or being successful in your job, you put your head down, you work hard. Mm. Um, and putting your head down and working hard isn't always the answer in every organization. So I think for me, Barry, it was working hard but not putting my head hard and then being vulnerable, asking for help, seeking mentorship and sponsorship. Um, finding folks that are successful that look like me in my organization and trying to lock arms with those folks, befriend them organically, but also really understand how they did it. How have you been here for 20 years? How have you been here for 30 years? What do I need to do? Because your experience is likely to be different than someone else, right? So I think that's something that has helped me, and I I don't know that we do that enough, uh, that being focused on mentorship and sponsorships coupled with the work ethic, you know? Yeah, so then how how do we change that? So if we aren't doing that enough right now, you said you got it from network marketing. Um, that's the one of the things that you learned, uh, observe the masses and do the opposite. Are you saying that all black people should do network marketing? Like how do we how do we go about and changing that stigmatism of just, hey, get a job, put your head down, and then let your hard work do the talking? Yeah, that's tough, right? I wish I had a great answer for you, Barry. Um, I think it's just more education. We are in the age of education. Um, but right now, the education is related to what's happening in the world, and folks are getting educated that way, which is extremely important. We have to. But I think we have to do more uh, self-discovery and understand what else do we need to do? What else can we do if it's not working, right? If we have small percentages of uh, black folks in, in leadership, um, in corporate America, um, or even finding whatever success means to them in corporate America. If the percentages are low, we got to do something different. Um, it's not always going to be on someone else. Some of that's going to have to fall on us to figure out, <laughs> you know, how can we find the success that we're looking for? Um, I wish there was a, it was an easy way to just say, hey, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. Um, I don't think it's going to work that way because it's all different types of roles, different types of companies. Um, I can talk about myself 
right. I can tell I can tell you what I can tell you what I did. Um, learning, observing the masses, and doing the opposite. Reading, reading a lot of books. Um, listening to a lot of podcasts. Trying to abide their teachings from those books and from those podcasts. Um, and I can even tell you, like some of the books that I read that helped me out as well. Um, but again, everyone's going to be different. Uh, you know that that plan might not work for everyone. Um, and, and we see, unfortunately, it does not. Um, something else I'll mention, Barry, to answer that question is aside from just the education, it's access, mm. right? And I think that I think that is something that is lacking as well. I probably should have mentioned that first. There's not a lot of access. Access meaning what other jobs are out there within the organization that I work in. Mm. Um, you know, who do I need to talk to to understand the promotion that I want? Um, who do I need to go to? And maybe that's that mentor or that sponsor in the organization. Say, hey, I want this. Does that currently exist? Mm. Um, that access, I don't know if, if that access exists in every organization. I can tell you for me, fortunately, it did. Um, but uh, I guess I'm kind of going back on what I said and not having the answer. I think the answer is, <laughs> the answer is self-education and access. Um, getting back to what I originally said, sponsorship and mentorship. So if you look at it in order, do I have a sponsor, right? Do I have a mentor? Sponsor is someone that's going to sing your praises yeah. and help you navigate through whatever it is you're trying to navigate through. That mentor is going to be extremely objective um, and help you with these very objectives and not give you the answers to the test. So you mm. need both of them. Then you have to participate in your own rescue via that self-education for whatever the endeavor is. Right, yeah. and then you have to lean on that sponsor and that mentor, and your peers. You have to be a good networker to get that access that you want. Mm. Um, so I guess bringing it back full circle, talking out loud, helped me realize that that's what I did. Mm. So that's gonna that brings me to my next question, man. And, I, and you set it up perfectly for me. So you mentioned that there isn't a cookie cutter way for us to all be on board to the strain that you're currently on. So I would like to take a step back and then figure out how we got here to begin with. So you mentioned network marketing you did in the past, and now you're in corporate America working at Tech Systems. That's two very different lines of business, right? So walk us through how you got, how you got here. Like what moved you from going from one place to another? Uh, was it directly out of college? Walk us through that pathway, and then I think that'll allow listeners um, to be, get a better understanding of how you got to the point that you're at right now. Sure. So I'll take you back a little bit further. Grew up an athlete. Grew up playing basketball. Um, you know, I thought I was going to be a Division One basketball player, living in Tampa, Florida, playing AAU soccer ball. Um, but a lot of my offers and conversations were Division Two, so I went and played um, football my senior year of high school. It was the only time I played aside from playing Pop Warner. But living in Tampa, Florida, playing flag football, uh, you know, football is is everything in Florida. So I knew how to play. And for me, I'm like, you know what? I want I want to be a Division One athlete. So I put my mind to it. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to go play football my senior year, and I'm going to make it happen. And fortunately, it did. And that's how I landed at the University of Albany um, in upstate New York. Um, so ended up playing football there. You know, while I was there, it was great. Loved playing football. Um, got my education as well. But I quickly realized, you know, that there, there's another level there, right? There's another gear. I hadn't been playing that long. Um, had a lot of injuries, um, n not any sort of season season ending injuries, but just nagging ailments that sometimes I still feel today. Mm. So I shifted my focus, right? I shifted my plan from, hey, I need to play sports, even if it 
semi-pro football, right, even if it's arena football, which that was my plan. I wanted to play when they existed. I wanted to play for the Tampa Bay Storm. So I was like, let me just do everything I can at Albany, and then go try out for the Tampa Bay Storm, <laughs> yeah. go home and be a football player, right? That's what I used to always talk about. Um, but then I pivoted, right, because I wanted to also make a lot of money. So my, my passion for making a lot of money to provide for my future family at the time um, was more important to me than playing the sport that I love. Um, sports, I should say, which I still love both of them, basketball and football. So at that point, I knew it needed to be sales because I understood that if it was sales, I could control my own income. Mm. Um, I didn't want to be stuck in a particular salary where I'm working my butt off to make the same amount of money over and over again. So a couple of friends of mine got into network marketing, and at the time, I didn't know what it was. Um, I just heard of Ponzi schemes or any sort of scheme, you name it. And that's what I thought it was. Quickly realized that's not the case in every single company. Unfortunately, the industry gets a bad rap because there are some bad some bad apples out there. Um, but I was fortunate to find companies that taught me a lot about personal self-development, um, talked to me a lot about the importance of reading books and understanding that thoughts are things, right? Mm. And you can change your life if you change your thoughts. Like I never heard phrases like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I heard them didn't really put a lot into it until I started actually meeting people that were living and breathing what they were saying. So I went the network marketing route. Um, did it for a couple of years. Felt like I was getting successful. Was advancing ranks because in that industry, you advance a rank um, based on the amount of people you network with, the amount of people that you help. And as you do that, you have an opportunity to make more money if you help more people. Mm. So that got me thinking too. It's like, okay, well, then it needs to be leadership. Because for me, I want to have a pay it forward mentality where if I can learn how to do a task or a set of skills and I can show other people how to do the same thing, that means I can make more money if I help those around me make more money. Oh, and that is something that just stuck with me. Um, and I learned the term, Barry, called uh, psychologically unemployable. Mm. Um, and that's what I thought I was for a while. I'm like, you know what? I can't have a boss because I'm not going to go work for someone else so they can feed their family. Um, which to a certain extent, I still have that mentality. And I think fast forward, um, getting to what, what, what really caught my eye about at Swift Link where I've been now for the last seven years was being in this industry, being in sales, being in, in technology and talent services, we have an opportunity to network and help those around us. Um, but from a mentality standpoint, if you don't look at it as a job, you look at it as I'm running my own business because we do have that autonomy to run the show, to support our customers, to support our team. Um, if you have a business owner mentality, you'll be successful. So for me, it, it was all a mind trick. If I, if I think I have a job, I have a job. But in my mind, I don't have a job, right? I'm running a business mm -hmm. in Stanford, Connecticut. It might be under the umbrella of another organization, but I'm running my business. Yes, I have certain rules or, 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 or standards and operating procedures that I have to adhere to. But when it comes to growth and who's the captain of the ship, um, not to make that about me or to, to make that sound like I'm trying to impress someone, but this is more so to the folks that are listening, trying to impress upon them that the, the success that you find is based on your mindset, not the, the job that you're in. Uh, so, so for me, it was a mindset shift. And um, I left network marketing just because for me, uh, I was in health and wellness and network marketing, and, and I was in um, commodities and network marketing as well. And it was fun and it taught me a lot, but I just knew I wanted to do something else. I was yeah. in it more so for the education and learning that, okay, I can I can change my thoughts and I can go do something else based on what I learned here. 
And I did find that in corporate America, but I just shifted my mindset. Mm, that's powerful, man. And I've noticed you you use terms that you you will get out of a, a, a self help book or personal development. I even heard the the Les Brown little portion of you a press upon. Uh, he uses that a lot. So I'll be curious: was it the network marketing that influenced you to get more personal development, or did you already have a plan on? Hey, this is what I need to do to get to the point that I need to get to. So, I had it. I just didn't know what it was. Mm. And I'll explain. I'll explain. So, like growing up playing basketball, growing up playing playing football. When I did play, um, I used to talk to myself a lot. Mm. Right. And so before a basketball game, I would tell myself, "Hey, you got to drop these two points this game. Like you, you're the best person on the court." Even if there were folks out there that are more athletic than me. I never really been a dunker, right? I, I could shoot. <laughs> so for me, it was like I had to psych myself out. Like you're the best person on the court. You're gonna go out here. You're gonna dominate. And and as a teenager, I would tell myself that. I would tell myself that when I first got to college, it's like you are the best receiver. You're not gonna drop a pass. You're you're gonna do this. You're gonna make every shot. Whatever the case may be, psyching myself out. Um, and I was doing that before I read a book on mm. business, on self-help, before I listened to a podcast, I was already doing that. So when I got into network marketing, they started talking about these books, they started speaking that way, the light bulb went off. It didn't just go off, it shattered. Mm. Like it, was, it, was too, it just exploded where I was like, oh my gosh. So I've been thinking this way, but I never knew why. That was just how I thought. Um, I know it probably came from somewhere. It came from my family and how, and how my parents raised me. But I didn't know where else it came from or, or what else I could do about it besides talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I added the books that I learned about, the podcasts that I learned about, um, and you know, just focusing on putting more positive inputs in because uh, <laughs> the positives outweigh the negatives, right? A positive thought or a negative thought, excuse me, Barry, is more dense than a positive thought. So I knew I had to read. I knew I had to take my mind off of uh, social media and music for a little bit and, and really just get my mind right. Yeah, that's big. And I think that's that's another lesson that people can learn too as well. And when you talk about um, how can we change, is, is that positive self-talk. That that goes a long way. And it's something that you taught me as well because I always thought about the negative in, in situations. Hey, what are the things that can possibly go wrong? It's Once you switch that thinking and you think about, okay, cool, I know that there are things that can go wrong, but the only thing I can think about is how to make it right. So I think that's really key in, in any Absolutely. type of thinking. So you mentioned your parents a couple times now, so I would really be interested in the impact that your parents have made on you, your mom, dad, or any other family members that you can think of. Absolutely. They um, they instilled a lot of work ethic in me, right? So my father... He got into sales. He was he was a salesman. Worked for both speaker company for years, and he wanted to pivot. Um, you know, he's like, hey, I don't I don't know if I want to do sales anymore. I want to do something else. I want to actually work with my hands. That was something that was important to him. Was like going out and, you know, not sitting behind a desk, not closing deals, not wearing a suit. He's like, I, I've never been blue collar before, right? So he wanted to make a switch, and he did that. Became a cable tech, um, and he retired last May after being a cable tech for, gosh, I think close to 15, 16 years. Um, And he worked until he was 66 years old. Um, And my mother, uh, she was a phlebotomist, phlebotomist for 30 plus years. She retired right when she became 65. So Mm -hmm. I love that about them, the fact that they grind and they gave everything that they could to provide 
instilled the work ethic in me of getting to the, the wanting to make money, the network marketing, controlling my own income. I, I don't want to work anywhere near 65. You're right. Right? So I think that's where that comes from. It's like I saw what they did, and I'm grateful for it. They were able to provide for us, but um, I don't want to work for that long. So seeing that, I think, helped me realize what I want to do yeah. um, and, and, and the legacy that I want to leave for my son and future children. Um, you know, I, I want to get time back. My parents had time for me. They made it to every sporting event that they could. They traveled from Tampa, Florida to Albany, New York as much as they could, taking time off, whatever they had to. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. But I don't want to be in a situation where I have to take time off. I just want to get up and go. Right. Um, so I think that's where I got it from, from my parents, is seeing how hard they worked. That's awesome, man. That's really, really awesome. So the the way you're speaking about different situations and the, the words you're using, the vernacular you have, is obvious that you're educated. Um, you soak yourself up in knowledge. I'll be curious to understand it and know, and if you don't have the time, then that, that, that's cool too, but I, I can only imagine that you do. Um, so I'll be curious on hearing a moment or a time or a season that you've had to go through where you had to overdue some hardships and what was the outcome of those hardships? And, and necessarily, you can talk about the things that you had to do in order to put yourself in a position to come out of there uh, a success. Yeah, I think I can focus on uh, work a little bit at, at Tech Systems for sure. Um, I think that's applicable. Um, so my first year, getting back to putting your head down and just working, not asking for help, that was something that I did my first year um, at this organization, and I found zero success. Um, I put my head down. Um, there's a, a quota or expected business results and numbers. I hit my numbers, but there was no substance behind them. Mm. Um, I didn't ask for help, didn't ask for guiding, guidance, didn't ask for coaching. Um, I just looked at what I was supposed to do, and I did it, um, and I thought that would be enough, but it wasn't, right? Like, I wasn't help, I wasn't impacting enough people, I wasn't helping people find work. Um, I was just having conversations and not closing the loop on those conversations. There was no follow-up. Mm. Um, getting back to, you mentioned I use a lot of terms, getting back to network marketing, something that I learned in network marketing, which, by the way, was before that systems, ironically. Um, I learned that the fortune was in the follow-up, and mm. I didn't follow that. I didn't follow that my first year in this organization, and it hurt me. And I think part of that was I just thought I knew what I was supposed to do. I was like, you know what? I, yes, I've been reading, but you know, I, th I think I know what to do in this organization. And the reason why I felt that way is what I didn't mention yet is prior to working at uh, Tech Systems, I worked at a rental car, rental car organization, and I did door-to-door -door sales. And in both of those, I was able to find success, mm. right? So if we rewind and you think about the track record, it's playing one year of high school football, then playing Division One AA football in college. Then you get into the workforce, door-to-door -door sales. Okay, I'm doing well there. Starting to do well in network marketing. Doing well at the rental car organization. So for me, the track record was success, and I didn't think I needed to ask anyone for help. Mm which was very challenging for me, and it did not work. So the things that I was mentioning earlier, uh, I wasn't looking for uh, a mentor or a sponsorship at first. Um, I didn't have the access, and I wasn't asking for help. I was mm. putting my head down, just doing what I thought was going to help me because it helped me elsewhere, mm. and it didn't work in this organization. Um, so thinking about how I overcame that, um, 
I actually had conversations where I thought I was going to lose my job. Um, folks were telling me, hey, listen, you don't ask for help. You're not asking for coaching. You have a lot of potential, but you're not doing these things, and this is what you need to do. So honestly, I think it's this uh, humble pie scenario where I realized that John didn't have all the answers, and I needed to get back to what I was reading, what I was listening to, and actually apply that and stop looking at it as a job, but get back to the mindset that I have, right, in network marketing, and use that mentality to fuel my growth. Man, that's that's big. That's big time talk, and that's golden gems, golden nuggets, whatever you want to call them, man. And, and anybody listening, they definitely should take that, write it down, rewind, and do it again, man, because that is, that is definitely pivotal. So <laughs> to fast forward a little bit now, because you obviously went through a lot. You've picked up a lot of lessons. You mentioned how you want to uh, educate your son on a number of different things. So I'd be interested on the legacy you want to leave behind. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I think for me, it's, it's I want him to know, and future children as well, I want them to know that if they put their mind to it, they can do it, but they need to add the action to those thoughts, right? Um, and, I, and that's probably a loose answer, Barry, but for me, it's that's what's most important for me, right? Um, I want them to see what I did, right? I want them to know, hey, how did my dad respond to adversity he had, mm. challenges he had in the world, right? Like, how did he do it? What did he do? Um, I don't want them to do exactly what I did. I want them to do whatever they want, but I want them to know that they control their thoughts. Mm. So whatever it is they want to do, they can do it. Um, and, you know, hopefully they get a little bit of that from me because that's what I'm trying to do, right? I'm trying to be the most positive person in the room, right? Hopefully my, my actions speak louder than, you know, the things that I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and I want that to be a, a takeaway that they have. So hopefully that's part of my legacy. I love it. I love it. So I got a couple questions to end this this podcast up, man, and I, I appreciate you giving me some time. So the first question I have for you is – more so regarding uh, people who've impacted you. So what would you consider and who would you consider in the, or the situation specifically as being the kindest thing someone's done for you? Oh, wow. The kindest thing someone has done for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to answer this question a little bit different. Okay. Um, it's probably not kind. It's probably just straight. It's, it's just straightforward. Um trying to latch on with a, a very successful leader in our organization early on in my career. Um, someone that had been with the organization for over 30 years, super successful. And I used to call on this person a lot just for help. Um, I think I called on him, asking him for help, talking about a plan that I had. Um, called him back the next month. He said, hey, look, let me stop you right there. You're saying something very similar to what you said last month. So that tells me that you are not growing. Mm. So please do not call me until you have growth. So when I say that, that's not kind, right? But I think that was, if I could flip it, Barry, that was the most helpful piece of knowledge that I got where it's like, okay, I'm looking for someone else to just tell me that I'm doing something. I'm looking for that that validation, right? I think I know what I'm doing. Let me just go ask this person mm. if I'm doing it the right way. Um, and what that person was teaching me is that if you do that, you're not growing. Go participate in your own rescue. Go do it yourself. And then tell me what you did and we'll talk through it. Mm. Um, that was probably 2014, 2015. And that was something that I never forgot. So the kind, no. But 
I think it was the most helpful for sure. Wow. Oh, wow. I think I've heard that a couple of times. <laughs> um, somebody <laughs> told me, yeah, 100%. And you, I think you told me. I might, hey. I might have said that to you. <laughs> you definitely told me. Uh, <laughs> um, the second question I have for you is, now that you're a father, um, a soon-to-be two-year-old, um, what kind of impact has he had on you and your wife, Randy, have on you as an overall human being now that you're a father, a husband, and now you have to provide for not just one mouth, but two others other than yourself? And honestly, just I'm hungry. Like, I always knew I had to go get it, but now, like, when I look at him, I'm like, I really got to go get it. Mm. Right? Like, like I said, I didn't struggle growing up, but, like, we didn't have money to send me to college, right? Sports needed to be in the equation to help offset that cost, right? So I had to be good at something to get there. So I think when I look for him, and it doesn't have to be, like, he doesn't want to go to college, I'm not going to be that parent that says my, my child has to go to college. Mm-hmm. But again, whatever it is that he wants to do, I want him to know he can do it. So when I look at him, it's like, I got to win, right? Like I said, I'm still, I'm still young, early to 31, right? So I got to win. I got some work to do. But every time I look at him, it's like, there's my why. Mm-hmm. It's glaring, right? Your why makes you fly or cry or both. He was talking about <laughs> it, right? So. Yeah. When I look at him, when I look at my wife, it's like, I, there is no option but win. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. And then the last question I have for you um, is if there was, and it may be the, the same thing that the, when I asked you about the kindest thing someone's ever done for you, but if there was one piece of, of knowledge or a golden nugget that you could drop on anybody right now, um, what would that be? I've said this before too. Um, it's very simple. This is something else that it didn't come from me. It's something that I learned. Um, so this is not John Mullen. This is something that John Mullen learned. But beliefs, again, right? You believe in something, uh, go do it, right? But your beliefs need to be coupled with action, right? And hopefully the beliefs and the action will yield you the results. And that's the plan in its simplest form, right? There's going to be so much more that you add to that, but that's it. That's the formula right there. Beliefs and action. Action results. Oh, I love it, man. I love it, man. Well, again, thanks so much for for joining me on the podcast, man. I I hope the people who listen to this get a ton of value. Um, You've you've done a lot for me. You've given me those golden nuggets from time to time, even when I didn't want to hear it. So I really do commend you on being the leader, the father, the husband that you are. So, man, I, I know there's more to what you got going on in the future. You're a man of limited words but a ton of action and goals to set yourself up for, for really great greatness so man again thank you so much i appreciate it and then i'm sure we'll get you back on the podcast in six months eight months to hear more about the the terrific things you've done uh since this podcast no problem man thanks for having me there absolutely Go back to the church and give it right back. For generations, we've been dealt bad hands with bad plans. Prove your dedication by hopping out grand amps. Met the premier politic with top nip and snoop them. Clock watching the way we move. Dedication. dedication.